Hello and welcome to another episode of That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the magic that is everyday technology. Let's just roll with that. What, where did what what <laughs> accent was that? It was Scottish. Oh right, okay, good. Well, I'm glad we clarified that. We're we going to be doing a different accent every time now, or is this a new thing we're trying? <laughs> no, I just just thought I'd do something a bit different. That's all. Oh, very nice. Well, Sue, um, you, you've gone solo on this one, I believe, haven't you? So, uh, high level, who have we got on the show? We have on the show Bailey and Ruben from a company who my company has a partnership with called Footprint Digital, and they're kind of an SEO agency. And they've built a tool that helps us become more sustainable. But I'll let you know a bit more detail after the catch-up. I've just named that section. I've just the catch up. Is that what we've we've called this? <laughs> this? Oh, it's good that we've got a name for it. I've got some news. I rescued a dog this morning. All right, Batman. Yeah, I know it's good, isn't it? I was taking my wife uh, to, for a maneuver. Uh, she was having. She's had long COVID, and uh, she has had real bad vocal problems for two years almost, and so I had to have a maneuver, a special vocal maneuver, an osteopathy osteopathy um vocal maneuver done and on the way back we were driving through london and uh she noticed a a dog on the side of the road and so we we stopped and hundreds of people must have walked past this dog and spent 10 minutes capturing the dog it did not want to be captured i got bitten which was nice by nina no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i uh, i got bitten uh we called the number on the collar and a, a very posh bloke, because we were around the Kensington sort of area, uh, came and collected the dog because he had a tradesperson in who'd left the door open. The dog had wandered off. So I'm glad we stopped and saved the dog. It wasn't just a random dog walking down the street. It was a, an owned dog. And so I've done my good deed for the day. Or well, we've collectively done our good deed for the day, the wife and I. So Aww. there we go. There's, that's my update. Oh, that's, that's that's pretty good. That must have made, made, set you off on the right track for the rest of the day, feeling good for yourself, about yourself. Yeah, I suppose. I was hungry, so I think that sort of overshadowed it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that you've prioritised, you know, the health and well-being of another living creature over your... Over my stomach. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. And, uh, and it's another exciting day coming up because um, when this podcast goes out, I'll be waiting at Heathrow for my three Arabian rescue cats that are arriving. So Ooh. it's a very animal-focused week for me. How about you, Sam? Well, of course, this week was um, Easter, Easter weekend, and I went back to Wales Ooh. for my nephew's christening and uh, first birthday. And I've just, I've just, rea- I've just realised. I mean, not that it matters, but he was his his birthday is basically on Easter when Jesus died. I don't really know what the relevance of that is, but well, is it is it is it Jesus dying or Jesus arising from the dead? Well, he died, didn't he, on Friday and and got back up again on Sunday. He was just tired. Just got up, yeah, yeah, and that's why we have chocolate eggs. Yeah. Ah, better crack on with this Jesus stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, aside from that, aside from that revelation, um, yeah. So it was a lot. It was a lot of kids throwing balls at my face. Like at one point, I mark easily. I was, I'm, I bruise like a peach, and I was getting plastic balls from like a ball pit thrown at me. Because once you throw one or two, 
you think you're going to outdo the kids then you think oh, i'll tire them out yeah i'll just keep firing for the rest of the day for the time i was there i was just getting balls thrown at my face and i had bit i wish i took a photo actually i had big red marks all over my, my face i looked like a, a weird perverted bobby uh bobby mr blobby do you know what? i thought you were gonna say mr blobby that's funny that's a blast from the past so yeah, and and I was just uh, you know I got tired and they were still going at it and I'd be, be there with my beer just like drinking it with like literally just balls flying at my face from all different directions. So it was quite entertaining. <laughs> we should definitely take that clip out of context. Yeah, <laughs> no context that texture. Sounds like a Twitter channel. Yeah, so it was a, it was a entertaining and energetic weekend for myself, and I'm glad to be back now and back back to work with uh with a project that we're working on that yeah has a very very sh- hard deadline so uh i was back in work yesterday so that's kind of my week very good well i hope uh you've had a good weekend too listener i hope you've uh, had a, a pleasant easter and you've not eaten too many chocolate eggs which obviously has a great relevance to easter as we all know um and hopefully that rebirth has inspired you to listen to a, a another episode of that tech show this time focusing on the environment uh, and a, a solo session for sam which was recorded fresh fresh on tuesday uh, so do you want to do you want to take us through a little bit more about who is on the show what you talked about and uh, what people can look forward to coming up Mm. So, well, actually, just to just to preface all that is that all this rather is that it's World Earth Day tomorrow because we are releasing this on Thursday and I'm trying to do the maths even though. So it's World Earth Day tomorrow. This goes out on Thursday. What? So are you saying it's going to be Friday? It's going to be World Earth Day is going to be on Friday, Friday. indeed. And this is what all this is in aid of. They've built a tool which inevitably goes and and scrapes your website and uh, crawls your website and tells you how well what the what the carbon footprint of your website is which i think is a fantastic tool and i think it's something that's um that's slowly gaining a bit of momentum and and becoming people becoming more aware of and hopefully become becomes like a standard practice for all those building websites and and ruben and bailey are came onto the show they're both from the marketing and the seo team uh, at footprint digital which is an, uh, a marketing agency based in and around london and we kind of dig into what is sustainability like what does it mean and what are the different areas that are impacted by just having a, a slow and sluggish website and by you know doing some of the things that their tool checks up on uh, what 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 the impact of that is so we dig into all that really i learned loads from this from this and i'm really really inspired now to make it in my mission because it's something that i can do to to help the environment and of something I'm responsible for. So I'm looking forward to taking the advice in this episode forward and helping spread the love in all the different kinds of channels that, that I do as well as my work. So it's good. Well, I'm looking forward to this one because I'm not on it. So uh, I hope you listener enjoy this one as much as I'm going to. Wonderful. Here is Ruben and Bailey. Hey, my name is Bailey Bryan. I work at Footprint Digital. I'm on the business development team. So I'm generally the first port of call that you talk to and um, a sustainable champion here at Footprint. So really excited to be here. 
Hi, I'm Ruben Marshall. I also work at Footprint Digital as an SEO manager. So my day-to-day role is really working with clients to help improve their organic search rankings. But obviously here today to talk more about the digital carbon audit and what we've put together to help websites and businesses to be able to understand the impact that their website is having on the planet. Wonderful. Well, we'll get into all that. But Bailey, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Let's go for it. What is sustainability? Gosh, well, I mean, that is such a big question. And that's why we're here today. Because when we found out about the digital impacts of, in sustainability, we found that that fact was just too much to fathom. You know, um, about 2018, 2019, uh, there was a study that came out that pretty much said that the internet is the equivalent to the aviation industry when it comes to carbon emissions. Now, that's just so hard to wrap your head around. And that number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So instead of just being lost within that, we do what we do best. You know, we needed to make these data points that were tangible and something that we can understand. Because if we didn't know that digital world had a sustainable impact, then a lot of people don't know as well. And most importantly, probably our clients and day-to-day people. So we took it upon ourselves to start learning more about what a digital carbon footprint is, because I think everyone knows about sustainability and the impacts that, you know, carbon has on the world, but having it tangible is something different. So we started doing a lot of research on our side, thinking about what we can do as a business first. So we started doing things about, um, you know, 1% for the planet. We have a charity on our side where we are planting trees in Malawi, but we just knew that that wasn't enough. You know, that isn't going to reverse what the carbon emissions that are already happening. So we started looking at things like, you know, what was the impact of just one web page view? You know, what does that carbon footprint look like? And we concluded that, you know, the average page was about just under two grams of carbon. And from there, we wanted to find it more because that's just not enough. You know, that's a small, minute amount. I think it's like the size of an almond per se. But if you're thinking about big e-commerce sites, you know, if you're getting 10,000 views in a month, that just multiplies tenfold. And those are the impacts of, you know, not only just an almond size, but the impact of, you know, an entire person's carbon footprint for a year, you know, heating homes um, for a whole year. And it just got bigger and bigger. And I think that was where our kind of education started from there. Mm. How do you begin to measure that kind of things? Were you yourselves going out and getting those statistics and and measuring them? Or did were they already there, um, first of all? And then, yeah, how, how do you even begin to fathom that kind of uh, those statistics or get those statistics? So, you know, we are a data first company, you know, we, we always want to make sure that the data is right. And what we're looking at is right. So, you know, we didn't take it upon ourselves, we went to other experts in this area. So, you know, we were looking at energy providers, we were looking at university researches, we were looking at the UK government, we were looking at what data was available for us to be able to find what it's called a carbon emission equivalent. Because if we think about what um, a digital carbon in- output is is it's when energy is transfer data is being transferred between centers and that's generating a lot of heat and I don't think a lot of people understand when they go on a website that 
oh, I'm actually burning energy. Or when I go on my phone, if I do one search and all of these things, and it is hard to quantify. So we needed to make sure that where we were getting this information was robust, first of all. And we also wanted to make it understandable. So, you know, you could look at things like, you know, we were looking at the weight of a tea bag or how much carbon it takes to blow up a balloon or if you or even um, how much the weight of a hippo equivalent to um, a digital or di- to your carbon emissions, because hippos are really important to us because, um, you know, we have a book called Shoot the Hippo, How to Be a Killer Digital Marketer. But a hippo for us is the highest paid person's opinion. However, we came to realize that they that may not be um, it's not understandable. Of course, people know that a hippo is enormous, but what does that really mean? So then we started going back to things like, you know, how many homes can you heat? You know, is this equivalent to your carbon uh, footprint per year? Things that actually you feel like you can make a difference. And then we started looking into trees, you know, how many trees can it be, um, can be planted so that you can start offsetting your emissions, because we also wanted it to be positive things so that it's like, once you understand the impact of what your website's digital um, carbon impact is, then you could actually do things to change that. So if you know the weight of one web page view, you can actually be like, oh, maybe I'll do one less of that. Or if I know the weight of one email, so you know, um, the weight of an email is about four grams. And there came, there was a study that came out that said the most useless emails that get sent out are thanks, LOL, received, all these things that you don't need to say, and you're just giving out more carbon. And if you knew that, then maybe you would send one less email or you would plant one more tree, so on and so forth, so that people actually felt like they could make an impact. Because the more conversations we were having, we realized that people who were interested in sustainability already were the ones who were ready to take that next step. So we needed to make sure that people felt like they had the power to do something about that. And eventually that got us into starting to think about how can we empower our clients to understand you know what, you can make a difference in this area too. Yeah, I just wanted to also talk about the data point um, because I think, as Bailey said, it's really crucial to ensure that we're going data first into this and that we're looking at everything from a a statistical standpoint and really from an objective standpoint. And there are studies that have looked into this in much more detail than we ever could. Um, So there's a study out of Sweden, um, which we used quite extensively when building the tool to that measures the electricity usage of all different types of communication equipment including wi-fi and kind of server hubs um you know your connection all that sort of stuff so we use a lot of information from there and then also from a website called the green web foundation which has also looked into all of this as well so we're able to kind of stand on the soldiers of shoulders of giants as it were and, and use the research that's been done before us, but really our goal was to put it in a an actionable and understandable way, as Bailey was saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Then that's uh, there's no point in reinventing the wheel, especially when the data is already out there. You know. So then with that, then so you mentioned email and you mentioned um, sort of web page load speeds and Wi-Fi's. I, I mean, is there a kind of definitive list of, of things that you considered? You know, whether it's again you know, take the Wi-Fi's, the um, web page low speeds and emails. What other what other aspects are, uh, is your tool uh, looking at to um, build a profile around? So um, what the tool looks at is it uses those sort of 
baseline metrics for electricity usage for an individual web page. And it kind of just adds everything together. So we don't break it down by individual um, usages of the electricity. But what we do look more deeply into is the different uh, the different parts of the web page, sorry, that are contributing. So for example, we look at the different kind of parts of the site. So the HTML versus the JavaScript versus the CSS, and then obviously images and video, which tend to be the largest parts of, of any given web page. And then what we also do is we look at um, the number of times someone visits those pages. So um, we're not just looking at this is the, the weight of your page from one user. We're looking at this is the weight of your page over a period of a year um, and how much CO2 it's contributed. So that does throw up some interesting things because what it might show is that, you know, actually a smaller web page on your website or one that you've you know already done some work on or minimized the images, for example, will actually have the still the largest contribution to CO2 emissions and therefore to climate change, even if it's not as large as other, other pages. So really what our, our goal was with that was to kind of prioritize and provide actionable points. So, you know, you can take our audit and find the individual pages and even down to the individual images that are causing issues. And then by optimizing those, reduce your carbon footprint. Bailey, were you going to add something to that? Um, I guess it was just more of the beginning of how we were getting there because you had asked the question of, you know, the, uh, we were thinking about web pages and we were thinking about emails. I guess as the more research we did, we realized that there are a lot of things out there, a lot of data points out there, but there was something that we as Footprint Digital could do to help. So we tried to kind of really streamline where we could help and what we could do to help versus getting kind of lost in the what feels like the inevitably <laughs> inevitable of climate change that we needed to figure out where we can make an impact and a compounding impact at that. Because as Ruben was detailing out, you know, even if there's a web page on your site that is quite reduced, but that's where you get the most traffic. You need to be understanding all the things that you could be doing to be minimizing that or guiding people there. So there were elements of web design that we're able to highlight and guide people to make changes on. But the more, things that equated to a sustainable website, it also equated to an SEO-friendly website. And that was really where the kind of light bulb moment was for us and helping our clients realize, you know, by focusing on good SEO when it comes to paid speed, user experience, really good copy, all of this guides the user to find what they need easier and quicker. And so that also equates to less data being transferred between the sites. So all of this was coming into this really kind of holistic picture for us where we were like, you know what, not only was this a passion project for us because we're very into making the world a better place and where we can and being 1% for the planet, doing all of these things, but now we have something where it's a business incentive for us to be able to elevate our clients and also just spread education like this because, you know, sustainability isn't, it shouldn't be a dark art like SEO. I, we want people to know as much as they can because we want people to be armed with this information so that they can make the changes too. But if we can be the people who help enlighten you and um, where your site can be making these positive changes and guide you to help make those changes, then we want to be those people. I was thinking about that sustainability question, Bailey, and like, what is sustainability? And obviously, we're thinking of things from a digital sustainability standpoint, but I think obviously our goal and what everyone's goal is is to kind of keep keeping a livable planet 
you know, for our kids and for grandkids to make sure that our work and our everyday lives don't lead to the destruction of nature and of, you know, the livable world. And for everyone, not just obviously people where we live, but across the world, you know, people are going to be more impacted by it in certain countries or certain areas where heat rises or water level rises are going to have a bigger impact. No, you're absolutely right. And I feel like sometimes bracing that question, I can be a bit hesitant because it is such an open-ended question of like, what is sustainability? What is that impact? And I think when I became enlightened of the knowledge of the digital impacts, you know, we have on the planet, it was just really hard to wrap my head around. So I tried to go straight into the digital sustainability aspect because, you know, you know, you're right. Like there's, it, it really, the drive behind this started because of fear, you know, realizing that this is inevitably kind of happening to us and what can we do to make that difference? Because it, yeah, it's, it is scary, but I mean, every small step towards a sustainable future, it can make a big difference on a global scale. You saw the, um, the most recent IPCC report where they're talking about how there are, you know, they're even laying out specific changes that need to be made. Otherwise, we're going to get an irreversible over two degree change. And it's like nothing's happened. And, uh, you know, we need to rely on our leaders to do things. But equally, we can do some things ourselves, whether it's eating less meat or trying to buy more sustainable clothing or things like that. But also, obviously, digital is one area that I think you're right. People have a big blind spot for and don't necessarily understand the impact that all of their digital activity has on the planet. Uh, you know, I was a web developer. I've been a web developer for nearly 20 years. And uh, I'd never really thought about anything to do with, you know, carbon footprint and all the rest of it and and how it's any you know how what we do on the web has an impact because it feels so it feels so efficient in a in a word really i don't know why but of course you've got servers you've got data centers you've got everything working towards you know you're using electricity to to surface a website so why wouldn't there be a, a carbon carbon footprint where do you think the interest has stemmed from with regards to carbon, like carbon emissions and, and the web. Have you any insights into that or if there is any catalyst to, to what, what triggered it in your mind, for instance? I think the trigger for us was we had a few like climate advocates already within our company. So we had people who were already interested in it. And for us at Footprint, we're very much encouraged in a learning and growing environment. So these people on our team, you know, went out to do climate advocacy, looking through, um, you know, Al Gore's efforts, as well as Greta Thunberg. And, you know, these people with massive platforms, as well as like, you know, the renewed interest in the Paris Agreement when the United States said they were going to come in and come out. I think people were realizing that a lot of things that were in there about climate change, you know, and these are things that Ruben was kind of touching on. The impacts of sustainability on a global scale, it, some of it can seem irreversible, but there is a chance for us to be making these differences. And um, and you touched on the fact that like you think that the internet is more efficient. And there is an argument to say that us being online is more efficient than people, you know, commuting to work all of the time, you know, going out to eat more often, all of these things. So, you know, it's hard to still kind of quantify those differences at this stage. However, 
there is more information now about the impacts of a digital world. You know, the pandemic, I think this is, has proved more than ever that, you know, the internet is integral to our lives. And in a sense, it's not becoming back to a normal world and people aren't going to go back to work full time. We're always going to be online in some aspects and we're getting more and more devices that are connected to the internet. These are all positive changes, but we also can't go in blindly thinking that this is the solution to everything. We need to know that everything we do on this planet does have an impact. And instead of being frightened by those types of things, we need to see if we can make differences. So, you know, there's been studies by Deloitte of like consumer behavior, and they came out, I think about last year of one in three customers have stopped working with or stopped purchasing from a brand or service because of sustainability concerns. That's a big impact. So as a business, you have an interest from a client perspective of all these things. And if, if customers are becoming more and more savvy about sustainability practices within your company, it's not going to be long until they find out about digital sustainability, because I'm pretty sure everyone in the world listens to this podcast. So they're going to hear this information. <laughs> but people, if the, it shouldn't just always be on people. You know, businesses are the ones that could make that big impact. You know, Ruben was saying how, you know, some site or some web pages can be the busiest ones on your site. And those could be your service pages or your home pages and things like that. If one cut one in three of those customers decide to leave the page because it's not sustainable, that's one thing. But if you as the business make an impact from your website on your side, and then you can make way less carbon emissions because of the changes you made versus one customer deciding that. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm very pleased to, to think that you think the whole world is listening to this podcast. I like to think so too, um, especially Norway. Big shout out to Norway. If we Go have on, the stats. Norway. <laughs> yeah, I think with, you know, with brands, particularly clothing, it's because it's tangible, isn't it? It's because you, you can feel the product. You know that that's gone through, you know, across continents in some in some respects. You know, it's because the web is so intangible even down to the fact that um chris our co-host who's not with us today so i, I went over his house and i just we, we we i helped him decorate his house and part, you know one of the reasons why you know i felt i feel so you know rewarded when i do something like that is because as a developer i'm just writing code and again it just feels so intangible even though i'm building something even though what i'm building can take weeks or even months or potentially even years like a lot of work and and cerebral energy is going into it but again it does just doesn't feel tangible even to me as a developer and i think that's something to grasp and going back to some of the analogies that you're trying to put forward with regards to the 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 impact that people are having on just their, their everyday browsing and stuff like that i think it sort of brings it into the into the real world and it's 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 so cool to see like well, it's probably old news to you. How long have you, how long have you been working on this tool? Oh, Ruben, <laughs> I think probably from beginning to end, probably around six months. Um, from sort of initial conceptual ideas behind it, and sort of trying to understand the stats, to all the way through to kind of having a, a finished product as it is. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been a a reasonable amount of time, you know, that we've been discussing it. Um, and kind of working on it. I was just thinking, you know, about that intangibility aspect of things. I think 
you know, there's been a lot of slightly off topic, but a lot of conversation about crypto and crypto mining specifically and how that uses, yeah, like more electricity than countries. Like I think it's more than Argentina, more, more electricity than the country Argentina is used for crypto mining. That might not be right. You might want to fact fight check that before you do that. <laughs> but like people aren't aware, and this is kind of my point, that there's there's really an awareness gap between what people do on an everyday basis and the impact that it has on the planet. And I think you're right that that is a gap that is exacerbated or it's a, it's a larger gap for things like digital than it is for things like clothing. I think that clothing or you know other material uh, you know things have been quite heavily talked about in terms of the impact that they have on the environment and, and also on people you know we've had lots of television or, or you know youtube documentaries about people that work in factories making primark clothing or you know other types of clothing and it's quite heavily spoken about i don't want to get you done for libel other brands are available anyway uh, but um for example crypto i think most people who are involved in crypto don't have any idea really about what it is and it's the same with on like going on facebook on your phone or whatever you just tap on your little phone and get something up and don't think about what, everything that's going on behind it um, and what that you know what that all involves so yeah i think there's definitely yeah it feels less tangible and there's an awareness gap which means that people don't necessarily think about it too much um, and it's 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 not easy to find out about either. There's there's not a huge amount of information about what it is, and you know I don't think there's something that's been picked up by sort of um, you know you don't see the same level of of you know media about it um, as you do other things. So yeah, maybe it's a time thing. I think over time people will start to become more aware of it, but it's relatively new, and as you say as well like exciting and it so, feels so clean and efficient and you don't get that, you know, you don't get dirty fingers from tapping on your phone um, as you would if you were, I don't know, shoveling coal or something. It's <laughs> an interesting uh, analogy to it. <laughs> but it works. It I has get the it. same impact, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I'm just, it starts with the organizations and the businesses, I think, and, and where they can start to improve their technology. Um, but where it's going to really, really shine, and I don't know whether you have any insights into this, but where it's going to really shine is when the everyday person is more aware of their car their carbon emissions for from their digital footprint basically and ultimately that comes down to how is it going to save them money unfortunately i think it's always going to be a very simple way to say you know if you do this then your bills are going to go down or something like that and i don't know whether you because you're obviously targeting organizations with the tool which i'm i'm keen to get into now but like um is there anything the everyday person can, um, you know, benefit from this at the moment? Because obviously they're not the ones writing code. Um, is it as is it as impactful as saving money on their bills by being more aware of their carbon footprint? For the everyday consumer, it's I think it's harder to quantify. I mean, inevitably, if you're using less data, you probably are saving money on your phone bills or your internet bills and things like that. But where they actually do have uh, quantifiable impacts is more at the business level. 
um, and more of an interest from business to be making these changes, not only just from a sustainability point of view. So like we said, I think more consumers who are sustainability focused, um, you know, there's, there's enough information to say that these people are more geared towards making uh, more ethical purchases or ethical decisions, despite the fact that it may cost more money or cost more time to find these things or whatever it may be to get to those things, because that's more important to them than, say, consumerism. Whereas from a business perspective, you know, if the if you're one in three customers leaving your site isn't enough incentive, things like increasing your site speed, there's direct correlation in saying that if you increase your site speed by even as something as minute by 0.1% speed, that could increase conversion rate by 8%. So there's a direct revenue plus right there for you to want to be increasing your site speed, which is also making your site more sustainable, less data transfer and making it easier for people to get there. So it's really like a triple threat there. Yeah. I sort of caught myself out a little bit by even saying that because like, well, basically, rightly or wrongly, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a podcast host, so I put my opinions on the line here. But like, when I think about my everyday, I'm quite, I feel like I'm quite sustainable. You know, I, I, I try and do my best for the environment. I, you know, I, I try and use LEDs, blah, 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 all this kind of thing to try and lower my emissions as much as possible. I feel like I'm quite consciously aware but as a consumer i think you know what i can only do so much and there's there's only so much of a limit that i can do and then you know i I travel to wales quite a lot and we pass through a place called port talbot and there's these massive factories there pumping out like you know emissions basically and i always think like I can only do my bit, but when I pass that factory and it's pumping out all this smog and all the rest of it, and the town is like covered in this stuff, you know, it's sorry if you're from uh, Port Talbot, but uh, you know, it's just, it's the factory is right next to the town. So it's, um, it's quite common knowledge when, when I think about that and I, I need to have the same level of thinking when it comes to being a business who creates websites, you know, consumers are going to look to us to to be the ones to make this way more sustainable so you know again just i I feel like i just caught myself out in my own kind of confusion around that intangibility but it's uh it's just yeah it is up to us and i think that that's something that um well i'm i'm hoping that the the tool can can help me out with there's a really great a great book by a guy called michael berners lee which is called how bad are bananas and in that book he talks about basically this topic. So what is the climate impact of lots of different things? Um, and, and, you know, what everyday things that you do and, and how, what is the climate impact of those? Um, and yeah, basically he says that in each year we use around seven tons of CO2 every year as an individual, and that's going up every year because of all the different, the new things that we're, that we're doing and the new uh, technology in our lives. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely there's, there's really interesting things in that. Obviously, it talks about how bad are bananas, um, but also, you know, just about what actually a ton of CO2 looks like, which is 120 gallons of gasoline, like 120 gallons of petrol. That's one ton of CO2 being burned. So if you can imagine what that looks like um, every year, seven times, it starts to put into perspective just how much damage an individual does to the climate. And even though 
an individual might not be responsible for all of the things that they're doing or the climate impact of all the things that they do and you know, may try and minimise the impact. You know, obviously anything that can be done to reduce that is, is really important. It's just scary, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I was going to say that, like I actually low-key get really freaked out about the amount of plastic that's being you know every time i I throw some plastic away or whatever like that and wind strong winds and strong strong waves scared the (laughs) crap out of me i don't know why it's a rational fear although yeah it's uh, it is scary no we shouldn't have those burdens though (laughs) yeah no absolutely so we've been talking about sustainability and we've we've dipped in and out of this tool that you've built right Let's talk a little bit more, like if, actually, about this tool. So, you, so with, if the viewer hasn't guessed, you guys have built a tool that does what? So, what we have put together is a basically a, a system that allows us to find out the weight of your site as it is, so the page size, um, so how many bytes, kilobytes, megabytes it is and about the hosting of your site. So whether it's hosted on a renewable or non-renewable platform. And then we can put all that information through our tool. And what that will do is spit out um, or give us information about what the biggest areas that you can, well, firstly, it will tell us how much you're using. So how much CO2 are you producing per year based on the number of users that are going to your site and the size of the pages that you have. Um, And then we can obviously see information about which pages are largest, which ones smallest, that sort of thing. Um, And then we can also find specific information about which aspects of your site or which factors are contributing the largest proportion of that CO2 emission. So we can kind of find um, where are the opportunities that you can actually improve your website or optimize your website to reduce your carbon emissions. So that could be, you know, something as simple as switching your hosting. Um, so switching from a non-renewable hosting platform to a hosting platform which uses 100% renewable energy, you know, that can make a big difference. That can make up to you know five to 10% on its own difference in the um, proportion of carbon emissions that your website is producing, or even more, you know, depending on how many people come to your, your site. But then also looking more deeply into things like your image optimization the kind of amount of unnecessary code that you might have on your page, so unnecessary HTML or JavaScript, which is very common on, for example, WordPress websites or e-commerce sites. You can have a lot of sort of leftover code um, that's not being used on every page that could be stripped out to um, reduce the load size. Um, and also other factors, you know, such as the size of your images or, you know, the uh, image formats as well. So changing from PNGs or JPEGs to um, new like next generation image formats like AVIF or WebP, um, which can save uh, a big proportion. In fact, out of the the tests that we've done so far, um, the biggest thing that people can do is change to new next generation image formats, which up to thirty percent savings just from, from making that change. So, um, yeah, quite a big impact from that. And yeah, really, the goal was to give people a way to visualize and understand better uh, and create awareness around the amount of uh, energy that their website's using and the amount of CO2 that's producing on average, and then to give them actionable and you know doable things that they can do to actually improve that and reduce the CO2 emissions from their site. So yeah, hopefully it's a, an all-inclusive tool from that aspect. 
And I can see the correlation between SEO, those sorts of things you would do to improve your SEO, as well as the energy. I mean, it makes sense, of course, but um, things like the the image usage, that's obviously something that I've uh, always been told as a developer, you know, compression, the right sizes and all the rest of it. Again, but just not even thinking about it from an emission standpoint, it's uh, it, it, it's quite cool to... Well, it's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's just killing two birds with one stone, you know. And a lot of the things that come out of building a more sustainable website don't necessarily hinder the user experience as well, because I think some people, you know, can flag like, oh, if we're reducing the size of our images or reducing, you know, changing the format that it's in. That's not true. Some of the, you know, Ruben and I have been doing research on the types of next-gen image um, downloads that you could be doing, and it doesn't deflate the image quality whatsoever, you can still be building up a user experience, you know, just because you have a sustainable website doesn't mean it's going to be completely stripped back to something that's so plain that no one would enjoy it. Like all of these things are aiding towards the user experience too. I did a series recently around the different image formats and um, yeah, they're, they're getting so much better now. I think I noticed like the JPEG was something like I don't know, 100, 150 kilobytes, something like that. And then the, the WebP one was something like 90. And then the AVIF one, I say AVIF. I noticed you said AVIF earlier, Ruben. I, I don't know which one it is. Oh, my God. We, did, we didn't know the right way to say it. I've said both. <laughs> <laughs> is it an acronym? I think it is an acronym. I, th- I think so. It's in all caps. So I assume it is. That's true, actually. Yeah, and, and then the the AVIF or AVIF uh, version was something like five kilobytes or something crazy. And the you know I played around with the compression and, and whatever to try and get still looking crisp and great. Um, versus you know obviously you can compress the hell out of it and have it as one kilobyte or something, but it will look like crap. But yeah, there's the, the these new image formats are a huge thing, and I think across the board the image formats were were a big were a big aspect. What were the other what are the other biggest kind of areas that you found that people's websites suck in? So yeah, the other common thing that happens is the size of images. So not just the, the type of format of the image, but the actual number of pixels or you know the actual height of it. So you know, sometimes you can have an image that's sort of like 300 pixels tall in a size that's only 50 pixels tall, for example. So you've actually got an image that's six times too large, for example. Um, you can also have issues to do with unused JavaScript and unused CSS. So this could happen a lot if you're using kind of like builder tools or, you know, if your site's not kind of bespoke created, you end up with a lot of code that's sort of floating around that's not actually used for anything. Um, and our, yeah, we, we picked that up and as something that if you were to remove that. So in this example we were talking about earlier, it would reduce the carbon emissions by 12% on each page. So, you know, it's a lot of weight there, a lot of um, kilobytes there that aren't actually being used for anything. So by removing that, it can really help things. And yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of other factors as well. Obviously, the hosting is one that people don't necessarily think about. Um, and also things that help page speed more you know, often as well. So deferring off-screen code. So especially on mobile devices, making sure that images, for example, aren't preloading or loading as soon as the page loads and only when the user actually looks at them, that reduces the size of the page load a lot um, during that initial process and kind of increases the efficiency. So yeah, there's a, a number of different things. 
does it care about what technology you've written in, whether it's a React site, a PHP site, or or anything like that? Um, not specifically, but it will look at the factors that make that up. So if your website is more likely to, you know, have poor image optimization, for example, it will highlight that as as a thing, but it won't highlight the actual framework itself. It will more kind of it's more of the symptom rather than the um, rather than the the underlying problem there. Uh, for that example, yeah, what what the result of it needs to be really is to have a conversation with the developer that's built the site or is working on the site with the recommendations in mind and talk about what can actually be be done from the recommendations. Mm. And with that tight correlation with SEO, was there anything that came out of it that was like, well, I suppose you might have already mentioned is the the actual server itself. What other aspects are like? unique that you found or surprising that you found that were contributors towards uh, carbon emissions? So it's all to do really with the the size of your site. I suppose from an SEO aspect, the most surprising thing, and it's, it's sort of a new thing as well, is, is Core Web Vitals and how that is interacting with the speed of your site and how that interacts with your carbon emissions. So for those who don't know, Core Web Vitals are a new concept from Google, and they basically are a series of factors that measure the page experience or the user experience of your website looking at page speed. Um, so how quickly your website loads um, and how quickly it's sort of engageable with by a user. And we found that by improving your, like by reducing the, the weight of your site, improving your carbon emissions from your site, you're also directly interacting with those core web vitals and improving those. And that can really help to not just improve the user experience on the site and how people interact with it, but have a direct, you know, it's a direct ranking factor. So Google will rank the site better if you improve those things. So yeah, there's definitely a, a cross interaction there where the different factors engage with each other. And um, yeah, I mean, it was surprising just to see, I mean, as an example, we found that there was a, uh, there's a case study by Google actually, and this company improved their page speed by 23% overall. Um, and following that, they saw a 42% increase in mobile revenue. So yeah, there's definitely a, um, a much larger interaction with, with speed and CO2 emissions and then to you know, the revenue produced by the site. So yeah, it can be really great from that aspect. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's often again rightly or wrongly. I'm a podcast host. I put my thoughts on the line. But like uh, the the one thing I always talk about when people speak about SEO, I know this is a very simplistic view. I, and and I've I've learned recently from from you guys actually around the the real depth that SEO can get to. But ultimately, you know, particularly for smaller budgets, um, I do talk about people worry about SEO and they ask me what what they can do and all the rest of it and from a bare minimum standpoint, it's about user experience and, and, and helping and, and making a, a clean and simple to use website ultimately makes it more accessible, more SEO. And now I can say more eco-friendly. So <laughs> thanks for that one. <laughs> so it's really cool. Um, how big of a site can this tool handle and can it bypass like logins? Can it, can, can it navigate past logins and, and look at dashboards and things like that? It can, as long as those areas are crawlable with our tools. So we use a crawler. In it. So yeah, 
basically it's a tool that jumps from web page to web page, link to link, and finds out all the information about the pages that it can access. And within that tool, we can add settings that allow you to log in, you know, past um, password screens. We can go into any area that we can provide it access to, essentially. So yes, definitely it can. Um, what I would say is that from an SEO aspect, Google doesn't look behind password screens. So if you're mainly focused on um, improving the SEO of your site or improving the areas that users can access from Google, then that won't help, but it will help your mobile emissions in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm dead curious, actually. What You mentioned uh, a hosting service, um, eco-friendly hosting service. What is an eco-friendly? Well, I know what an eco-friendly hosting service is, but who 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 is an eco-friendly hosting service? I mean, there's plenty actually. I mean, you can do a um, a Google search, and quite a few of them come up. Um, some of them are better than others. So some of them, what you'll find is that they're not actually using renewable energy, but they're doing they're planting trees or they're I can't remember the word, but you know what I mean. They're like um, offsetting their carbon emissions. Yeah, offsetting, which. I'm unsure about how good that actually is. Um, yeah, the more you dig into that, I guess the more convoluted it can become, because especially when it comes to offsetting trees, I mean, of course you should be planting trees and there is a lot of facts around trees absorbing carbon. However, you know, it goes into the more granular details of it's the average tree. It needs to be at a mature age. If you need to be planting trees that are native to the land that you're planting them in. So if you're really wanting to get in the granular details of how much carbon you're going to be offsetting, it's, you know, you should have been planting those trees 20 years ago. But, you know, there's still an argument to say that you should be doing those types of things to preempt those in the future. But it does become hard to say how much of their carbon is actually being absorbed for those emissions at this exact time. Yeah, what I would recommend for anyone that's looking into that is to do your research and try and work out what's best what's best for you. There are kind of aggregator sites that will give you information about all the different possible hosters. Hosters? I'm not sure that's the right phrase, but all the right all the Hosting different services. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the different companies that you can use. Um, and they'll lay out all the different factors and, and the different aspects. So um obviously you have to pick one that's not gonna be prohibitively expensive or um, you know, won't doesn't provide the right level of support, or you know, won't allow the number of users that you need to come to the site, while also being as carbon friendly as possible. But uh, yeah, definitely one that uses green energy um, rather than carbon offsetting is the way to go. Yeah, again, it's just it's just me learning because I I didn't know how how a hosting service can be can be green, but it's not down to the technology, and it's not that it's just how they're how they're sourcing their energy from. Really, ultimately, it's the most effective way. Yeah, it's similar to how people are switching their energy providers recently. You know, there are lots of companies now that are using renewable energy sources, and you can do the same for your website. Mm. Um, speaking of the planting trees, you reminded me as well. Like, there's a couple of tools that have popped up in my peripherals. Like, I use Ecosia which is a search engine that for every search it plants a tree. I don't know, you know, that's probably a seed. I've probably planted, planted a pack of seeds in my uh, my search usage on that. So that's that's kind of cool, I guess, but uh, you're right. Yeah, no, it's not bad, of course. Like, you should be doing it. However, you know, if it's doing the carbon for that exact year, it's hard to say. <laughs> What's great about Ecosia is that they plant trees in areas that have been deforested and they plant native trees. So they're kind of, sort of a reforestation thing rather than planting trees for plantations which is sometimes what happens and then 
within 20 years, those trees, trees are chopped down and made into houses or into something else anyway, which doesn't really actually offset much carbon. So, um, but yeah, cozy is great. The, the the energy it takes to get to that place and plant you know and all the rest of it but you know again it's just a start and there's also a there's a there was a video um sort of chat service that that came up as well and on that, that's that was it wasn't very good basically you know and it's just it's an early it's early days for this kind of thing that people are doing their bit so it's it's what we whatever we can do to support but of course. I mean, these tools are essentially saying like they're doing the awareness job. You know, these are the type like those search engines, those offsetting companies. They're the pioneers in helping people actually understand that their digital impact has a CO2 impact. So, you know, they're not perfect, but it's bringing up that awareness that people need to know that it gets back to that consumer level. So people can actually be like, whoa, all right you know, we need to do something about this. And, you know, NFTs are becoming more a part of our world. You know, the metaverse is becoming more of our world. People are working online more. Digital is only going to increase. So if we can boost the awareness and change now before it becomes irreversible, then everyone should be doing their little bit of that part to get there. Mm. So back on the tool then, how often would you recommend this be used by companies is it a weekly thing is it a monthly thing is it every single rollout like is there an api that you can integrate with like on your build pro uh, on your build pipeline or anything like that yeah i just know that um there's some plans isn't there for like badges and stuff like that so i don't know if we can talk about that in a second but um i mean from a, a tech perspective I, I don't think it needs to be done sort of every week or every month it's more of like a project thing so we can run the tool, run the system, find out the recommendations for you, work out where your site is and how much it's producing, where the savings are, and then go ahead and work on it. So, you know, either work with us or with your developer or yourself, if you're that way inclined and able to get in and make those changes and then come back to us in six weeks or, you know, we can continue you know, monitor things all the time. But um, and then we can take a look at things after that project's completed and say, yeah, well done. You've actually reduced your carbon emissions by 30% or something, you know, like, and, and that's, that's a totally doable amount as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily like, it's not something you can do every day because it is a, a manual process to go in from our side to put everything together. But, um, yeah, it's definitely more of like a, a start and end of a project to see how far you've come. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because I mean, from a developer point of view as well, it's going to take time for you to actually implement all of those changes. A lot of them is a lot of manual and time. So you want to make sure not only do you allow time to do the work, but also enough time to see the kind of changes that have been made. You know, we were toying with the ideas of a six months from the first audit to the next one to be able to see how much impact uh, you've had for, you know, seeing all those users and how much has been reduced of the amount of users that are coming to the site as well, or not the reduced amount of users, but the re reduced amount of data based on the amount of users that are coming to the site too. So you can actually see a quantifiable dis uh, difference between the two. Mm. And is that taking, to, taking into account your visitor usage as well, or is it just looking at the static technologies that exist? It takes into account the the visitor usage. So as part of the initial setup, we obviously find the weight of every page and then see how many users have been to that page over the last year. So if on a second you know, check, we found that the number of users that come into your site has increased, um, then it obviously 
the total amount of CO2 being produced by your website will change, but the percentages per page or per factor will still have you know, increased or decreased. So we can kind of look at it both ways, but um, yeah, we do look at how many actual visitors go to your website every year to, to, as part of that initial call. Yeah. And you mentioned these badges. These sound exciting. Well, I mean, inevitably, we want people to be encouraged to make their sites more green, but also be recognized for making that change. You know, if we're going back to customers having a choice of working with or purchasing from someone that's more sustainable versus someone who's not, you know, it's allowing them to have that knowledge to be like, hey, you know, we're making a change to make sure that your experience at our website is as sustainable as possible. And that can help put the incentive up. You know, we also mentioned the green web um, foundation where you can do renewable um, or you can find green web hosters. They offer badges too. So when you come to a website, you can see if someone is using renewable web hosting. And then as well with our badge, we're hoping that people can also recognize if you are making an impact on individual pages of a website too. Mm. So that's something I can put at the bottom of my website, basically that says this has been recognized or this has a, yeah, a digital digital carbon champion. Yeah, so we are we're I mean, we've done a couple of beta testing, but we want to make sure that when we're doing this, we're figuring out the, the exact benchmark. So, I mean, there we're hoping that there will be stages in terms of like people who make either, you know, like a 50 percent um, reduction in CO2 emissions to their site or a 25 percent reduction or a 10 percent. We need to figure out what that looks like, because obviously it depends on the size of the website, how many vis- visitors you're having. And all of those factors in order to make that kind of benchmark. So at this stage, we're trying to see, you know, how much change people can make in that amount of time. And then from there, you know, award it based on that. But I think as right now, we're just hoping to provide badges so that people who do make that change are recognized for making a positive change. I mean, it sounds great. And I so this tool is actually out uh, on friday which if everything goes smoothly this podcast will be going out a day earlier than when the tool is available it's all it's definitely going out right you're not going to promise us oh it's, it's definitely going out it's out on <laughs> earth day of course it is i was gonna say it's it's earth day so what better day to uh to be announcing <laughs> such a great tool carefully planned <laughs> <laughs> and where can people go to um use this tool they can come to our website or they can get in touch with me directly or anyone on the team, really. We have a, lo- a number of people who are very much happy to talk about this, but I think the best place would probably be on our website or our LinkedIn and Instagram. All of those places will be a lot of information of how you can get in touch about it, whether you want to have an initial consultation or you're ready to jump right into it and get your site um, audited. We're pretty much starting from Friday. So definitely get in touch with one of us absolutely and i'm excited you know i'm I'm super excited that this is actually something i can take on my myself you know this i i'm now responsible for the the work that the things that i do i can actually have a have an impact on you know the work that that my company can produce so that almost feels very empowering because like I said earlier, but every time I've passed Port Talbot, I think, geez, I'm not doing anything. 
anything at all when it comes to carbon emissions, really. I'm such a small percentage as a consumer. But now that I'm on the other end of that as being a supplier or I don't know what you'd call them, but um, as, a, as a business, there's, there's a certain amount of empowerment. And I hope people can recognize that who, who are in my industry and that can, I'll certainly be screaming and shouting about it. They, they tell me, well, if this podcast doesn't do enough, I'll, I'll definitely be making a, a noise about it. So I'm, I'm now really, really excited to, to be a part of it. And from your perspective as a web developer, it's way more sustainable to be making changes on websites that, you know, you've already created, you know, and of course the ideal scenario would be making a more sustainable website from the get-go, but, you know, there are lots of changes that we could be making on websites that are already created that will minimize our, our carbon emissions. So there's a lot you could be doing on people that you already have as clients now. Oh, absolutely. I love that you can retroactively do this and it's not something that, you know, you have to build as part of the... No, you don't have to start over. No. Yeah. I'm almost, you know, obviously some projects have been and gone, you know, and, and the contracts are signed and the checks have been paid and all the rest of the checks. Where am I from? When am I, when am I from? Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> the checks are signed. What are checks? Um <laughs> but it's definitely something I feel again empowered to go back over some of my previous jobs, uh, previous uh, websites that we've built, and say, "Look, I've run this test on the website. I just wanted to let you know this is these are some of the ways that you can improve your your carbon footprint with the with the site that we built. I hope this is helpful. So that might be a way that you know just because you've signed the checks or they've signed the checks, like." It, it might be something that our listeners, if they if they have businesses and, and they're building websites, that's something they can think about doing as well. Just and and you know, getting in contact, striking up a conversation about it. You know, it's definitely cool. I think that was super insightful. Like I'm now going away a better citizen, I believe, and um, I'm super excited to to learn more and and to use this tool. I think it's going to be a real eye opener for people to realise that their websites you know no matter how simple or or whatever they are that they there's more that they could be doing in terms of the carbon footprint and um i look forward to seeing the impact of this tool as well so with that i i thank you so much both of you so much for being on the show and sharing more about sustainability and, and the tool that footprint are building we'll obviously leave links to everything because we've mentioned a few things right now a few a few reading pieces of reading material to go away uh, and uh, and look at what was the banana bananas and hippos basically the <laughs> the two books that I picked up on yeah exactly um, but we'll leave links to everything so once again thank you both so much for being on the show I hope there's more that we can be sharing particularly as this as the tool grows and, and maybe we can have you back on the show but yeah I look forward to seeing the tool thanks so much it's been really fun thank you for having us. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, I did enjoy it. It was lovely. Great. I, uh, I, uh, I, I honestly, like, like I say, I, I learned so much. I was so, it was so insightful and kind of, like I say, I, I, I feel personally, and I hope the, the listeners can feel, well, depending on what industry they are, we're in the tech industry after all, I hope they can feel a certain amount of ownership when it comes to digital sustainability, because 
we are responsible for this. You know, we we aren't we aren't hopefully aren't the consumers. Well, not hopefully, sorry. We aren't the consumers um, in this instance. We are the businesses and the authorities that can actually have an impact on people's carbon footprints. So thanks to the guys from Footprint for joining us. Uh, thank you, Sam, for hosting that on your own whilst I was out rescuing dogs. And thank you, listener, for uh, for, for listening to this uh, this particular episode. And so next week, I think we've announced this three times now um, <laughs> because he keeps we keep putting it off. We're just trying to build up a little bit of uh, a, a bit of you know a, a, a bit of a vibe, a bit of suspense for uh, for Anders Andreen, who's the CEO of Urbanista Headphones, who will be who will be talking to us. He will eventually be talking to us. Uh, about their new solar-powered headphones from Urban Easter. Uh, it's actually a really great talk, and I'm really looking forward for you to be able to hear it. Um, we've just sort of, you know, had to hold it, hold it back for all these exciting things we've done recently. Wonderful. Well, uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks once again for joining us. And as always, please do let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode. What was your favourite part? What did you learn from this episode? What could you be doing to help improve yours and others digital carbon footprint and and do go and give us a five-star review as well we're, we're on a sort of five-star review amnesty at the moment uh, bring out all your five-star reviews and we won't say anything and also you know chip in a shekel as well if you want to go to uh, buy me a coffee and uh, and drop us a couple of quid uh, then that will help with the editing costs and all of that funky stuff that means that we can put these episodes out for you wonderful we'll see you next week bye